Yeah. Are you ready? I was born ready. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. Ah, yes, coming to you from Gitmo Nation East and West this time. It is your Gitmo Nation audio publication 110. This is no agenda. Coming to you from an undisclosed hotel location in Gitmo Nation East, better known as London Town, the United Kingdom. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm supposed to be the one who says I'm in Gitmo Nation, West Northern Silicon Valley to be exact. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Oh, I love it when we hit it right there, Johnny boy. I felt so professional. So, uh, so you're in London reading the news? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what the show is. Exactly. I'm in London reading the news. And you're in San Francisco reading the news. Yes, but I'm reading the news about how the San Francisco Chronicles decided that the way they're going to save their million dollars a week loss. <laughs> Which was confirmed to me, by the way, by the senior advisor to the mayor who I had lunch with. That what? That they're in so much trouble they're losing a million dollars a month. Oh, no, I mean, I know, well, I know that they're, everyone knows they're losing a million dollars a week. I mean, a week, I'm sorry, a week, yeah. That's a four, week. four million a month. Hey, they should just they should just give us the stories and give us a million bucks a month and we'd be cool. Yeah, and they'd save three. Yeah. <laughs> it's a business plan. <laughs> the Voice of the West is about to embark on a bold new era that could provide a model. This is in the paper. Could provide a model for how daily newspapers can thrive in today's market. Yes, because these guys know so much about it. <laughs> Beginning today, the newspaper will be printed using full-color presses and acquire some of the characteristics of a daily magazine. A oh. showcase for the dramatic use of sharp, crisp photographs, graphics, and ad advertisements let me guess new- let me guess they have pictures of uh, iranian protesters with green scarves and the green is really good looking the new presses will have the capability to run color images on almost every page wow. in- including section fronts quote this will be an eye opening for a lot of people said publisher frank j vega it's going to give us a lot more vibrancy and flexibility in what we... In other words, they're going to be losing $1.5 million a week. <laughs> uh, apologies uh, right off the top here, the top of the show, uh, for not bringing you your no agenda yesterday on, in its usually scheduled time slot on Sunday. We, we did make a valiant effort, I would have to say. Uh, but of course, I got completely boned by AT and T, whose DSL line in the uh, in the uh, undisclosed loft location in San Francisco uh, was working fine. Until, of course, uh, we started talking about swine flu. Then uh, shit got disconnected pretty damn quick. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I called like. I called the uh, the customer service representative, and uh, they said, "Oh yeah, wow, yeah, you know." Uh, that's really interesting. We we rewired stuff at the exchange for your convenience, of course. And I guess we messed up. But oh, wow. Oh, it's a double whammy. <laughs> you have not only a rewiring issue, but there's something wrong at the building, too. And something's wrong in your house. No, I don't think so. Nothing changed here. Nothing. <sighs> so then uh, we tried the uh, USB stick, which is also an AT&T product, I might add. And uh, and we well, actually that was just oh, we recorded about uh, five minutes seconds. worth. Yeah, five minutes. It, it was so the, the, the AT and T. I figured be, if the DSL line area was down, they probably everyone who had one of those AT and T sticks was using it. Oh, well, which and, is the problem and, with those stupid sticks. And I'll tell you, if um, if Mickey and I, because she has one as well, if we're both using the stick at the same time, then then neither of us gets any bandwidth. It's crazy. 
It's like two separate radio transmitters or transceivers. Well, luckily that say. luckily you're not you know it doesn't cost that much to have one of those sticks. Yeah, sixty bucks a month. Sixty bucks! <laughs> Holy crap! What a ripoff! It is. It's a total freaking ripoff, and that actually worked reasonably okay two weeks ago. And now it's just like, forget Fair about money. it. It doesn't work. It's crap. And, of course, um, I complained about this on Twitter and uh, complained at a- AT&T and at Comcast Cares, who are really the culprits in all this because they do not provide cable service to downtown San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Blame the victim. <laughs> what do you mean the victim? Comcast is the victim. You don't think they want to provide uh, cable service to downtown San Francisco? Well, when I spoke to them on the phone, they were like the soup Nazi. No cable for you. You downtown. (laughs) No cable for you. (laughs) Swear to God. It's like, uh, are you sure? No cable for you today. Uh, Okay. I'm sorry. You do that very well. (laughs) That's about all I do. Sound more like the the well, it has a kind of an Asian twing. Tw- it does. No cable for you. It does have an Asian twing to it. And the Comcast Cares guy uh, did Twitter me back. In all fairness, and he said, uh, "Really?" <laughs> <laughs> he says, "You should email my team." You see, this is what I don't like, and I don't want to email your team. You should be all over me, dude. You should be like your team should be emailing me. Service is gone. Is going down the crapper with this uh, economic crisis. I had such a horrible experience on Virgin Atlantic coming over. These guys are sucking too. I just wrote a letter to uh, to the flight service manager Pete Hickman. You should write a letter to Richard Branson. Well, I copied Richard Branson, his personal assistant Julie King, and the president of Virgin, uh, Steve Ridgeway, as well as the personal account management services team. It was really, We're all ears. Okay. Well, so I specifically booked these middle seats because the way the, the Virgin Atlantic upper class is set up, it's not really great if you're traveling with someone because it's so individualistic. You know, you have your own suite, which means, you know, you, if you want to talk to someone you're traveling with, you basically got to get up and say, hey, how you, you got to lean over to talk to someone. But if you book these middle seats, there's a divider, and the divider has two little clicks, so two, two clasps, and you slide it right out, you put it in the overhead bin, and then it's like basically like a big love seat, which is really cool, and I specifically booked this. And on the way over, no problem, you know, uh, which was about three, four weeks ago, I slid that out and put it up, and boom, all done, and we had a nice little love seat. And uh, so <laughs> we're, uh, we're going to sleep. I popped the thing out. We're actually asleep, and then there's a guy on either side of the aisle waking me up. And, you know, it's it's like when you have two guys towering over you, talking from both sides, it's like really aggressive and confusing, to say the least, when you're just waking up. And it's like, well, you can't do this. It's a structural danger to the aircraft. I'm like, what? Structural danger to the aircraft? It's like, yes, yeah, because, you know, then the seats buckle and, okay, well, first of all, how come it was okay four weeks ago? And if it's a structural danger, why is it so easy to remove? It's like user removable. And, uh, man, they were really... Oh, so so these guys are just full of crap. Well, they were, like, aggressive. Hmm. And, uh, oh, it it really... Did they work you over? Did they give you a couple to the gut? Yeah, like, (laughs) they showed me their Smith & Wesson. You want... You want two to the head, Curry? Shut up. So, uh, you know, it's not like this is a cheap airline or anything. 
And, uh, you know, I understand the in-flight massage is gone. I understand that because of personnel cuts, uh, service is slow, and they have less uh, service personnel. But you know, screw it. Screw it. I, there's, there's cheaper airlines I can use. Screw these guys. They better be comping me with two upper-class round trips or I'm, or I'm history as a customer. I bet you get an upgrade. <laughs> an upgrade. That would, that would be a true insult. <laughs> upgrade. Upgrade this. I'll show you my upgrade. Maybe they won't give you anything. How about that? Well, they all, they're all, you know, with Christmas, they always hand out iPods and uh, bathrobes and all kinds of cool stuff like this. So hmm. we'll see. Um, well, that's just the life you lead. Yes. So um, there was... Uh, John McNamara died apparently this morning. You know who else died? Carl you know, Mal- somebody always dies. Carl, Carl Malden. Be- yeah, but that was a couple of days ago. But somebody always dies on our, you know, the day we do the show in the morning. <laughs> we do the show. Uh, but, of course, it's only in the morning. In the morning. Hey, everybody, time for a dead overview. In the morning. Yeah, Carl Malden, like, got no press. Zero. Did well, you how could he? I mean, Michael Jackson's taken over the news. In fact, there's nothing's going. Nobody's, apparently, there's no news except Michael Jackson. No, well, you know what? I was on the news regarding Michael Jackson. Yes, let's go over this. It's fine. <laughs> this, is, this was on MSNBC. Now, I, of course, I learned my lesson. Set it up. Yeah. Um, so you, you'll recall perhaps from a previous No Agenda program where um, I was very excited about doing ABC World News Tonight with Charles Gibson, spent an hour and a half, two hours with the crew, and exactly 12 seconds showed up on air. And I, I said some really good stuff. And so then MSNBC sends me an email. Hey, uh, you know, would you like to be on? It's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do your show. If, if you give me the, uh, you know, the title is Adam Curry, you know, you can say XMTVVJ and just put in there presidentmevio.com. And, uh, it was kind of funny because this was the day, I guess it was Thursday or Friday when they announced the big tribute at the Nokia Theater at the Staples Arena, which they kept saying over and over and over again as if these guys, you know, had benefited almost. I mean, I know that's the real name of the arenas, but geez, it just comes comes across kind of eerie. And uh, so they have a location shoot. They're outside this press conference, which was a total dud, by the way. You know, hey, here's the news. We're not going to tell you anything about the concert, nothing about the tribute. Uh, but here's the mayor to tell you about how cool they are at controlling the crowds. And uh, and there's no more information. Enjoy your l- live shoot. So they're just trying to fill up time because they got these, you know, they got all the reporters out on the scene. And so I'm on for about five minutes. I'm going to play you a little bit of the beginning, and then I'll play you uh, the real zinger I, I got in there at the end. I'll be able to see very much. So this is, this is uh, she's talking to the uh, Chris from MSNBC, is talking to the councilwoman and acting mayor of Los Angeles. The woman and acting mayor, Jan Perry, it's really nice of you to come over. I know it's been a, a busy number of days. Oh, you're so cool. Thank you. It's so hard. It's so horrible, all this work you're doing. Okay, so thanks so much. Well, it's, it helps to get the word out. Okay, yes. thanks so much. Thank you very much. And, and the word, by the way, is if you don't have one of the 17,000 tickets, don't show up. Michael Jackson and MTV could either have become an American institution without the other. The 1980s witnessed the birth of music television and the transformation of Michael Jackson from superstar to global sensation. Just two years after MTV's launch, Jackson released the 14-minute thriller video, and the music changed the world forever. 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 Yeah, listen to how I come in, because I'm prepared, right? I'm going to really get into it and really roll. Some say Jackson desegregated MTV and ushered in the era of elaborate and high-tech music videos. 
Joining us now via Skype is Adam Curry, former MTV VJ. Adam is also president Yay. of Mevio.com. Adam, I have to tell you that one Yay. of the things that strikes me as I've watched Thriller over the last several days... And this is so funny, because I actually made reference to what she's saying, that you know I've watched Thriller. No one... They don't play through. Have you seen Thriller in its entirety anywhere in the past two weeks, John? Anywhere? Have you seen the 14-minute video play? Who's going to play it? Of course not. Of course not. Is, you can't hear that music playing. You can't have that video playing without stopping what you're doing and watching. Talk about the impact on pop Please no. talk about the impact. Popular culture Terrible. of that Thriller video and even earlier Michael Jackson videos. Well, Chris, it was really tremendous, and unfortunately, there's hardly a channel that plays the video in its entirety anymore. It was about 14... See, that was my little zing at MTV. ...team minutes long, which, of course, was completely groundbreaking for the format of music video. Now, listen to what I say. She talks about desegregation, but I just call it. ...at the time. Uh, it did more. It combined conceptual um, footage with dance, with performance. Uh, it also made directors important all of a sudden. John Landis, very famous uh, film director, directed the Thriller video. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Price, famous from uh, yes. uh, many movies with yes. his voice, was Very a part famous. of it. But it, it, Michael Jackson did much more at the time. He really put black faces on MTV. This was yes. groundbreaking at the time in the in the mid '80s. <laughs> MTV was kind of, you know. All right, so enough of that. Now listen to the end where I sneak in a little bit of no agenda to speak, which I was quite proud of. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and so she, wait a minute, she sets me up with this stupid question because she's filling time. This question, and like. By the and by the way, we want all our listeners to do this when given the opportunity. What, to call in to MSNBC? No, no, to get in that little no agenda speak. Oh, yeah, well, if you can. Absolutely. Here it comes. We know. Well, I'm sorry. Right now, the coffee is being delivered. Hold on. I'll sign for you. What's your name? So the so the so what you're going to say is that the uh, she asked a dumb question because obviously they're filling time, which they do a lot of on M or actually all these news stations with that that talk the uh, you know the news game. They 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 they're waiting for somebody to show up or they're or they're trying or they're waiting for somebody to say something to their ear. And so one of the things they're extremely adept at is what I'm doing now, which is just yes. You got, thank you very much, Chatter. Here we go. Let's listen to her stupid setup question. Oh, that these rehearsals were. Oh, yeah, it's about. Uh, She's saying, oh, well, you know, there's so many uh, videos. Wait till it comes out on video. Yeah, and can you imagine if they release some complete videos? Uh, because we know that these rehearsals were done in high def. What oh, there's a clue right there, by the way. The rehearsals were done in high def. So, of course, there'll be a video, you douche. That would mean in terms of just viewership to places like MTV. I mean, there seems to be an insatiable appetite for this. Yes, absolutely, and, and I'm amazed as you know, as you're showing the footage, and everyone seems to be showing the footage of these rehearsals just two days before his death. You know, here's a guy who clearly was in great physical shape. He had um, uh, a, a 30, 40 concerts coming up in the O2 Arena in London. Uh, that's a huge production. You have to be preparing yourself a year in advance, at least physically. You can't put on a show like that without an enormous insurance coverage, which includes a tremendous amount of physical testing. So I'm amazed at what happened, and I know that there's breaking news about some form of uh, medicinal drugs that were found in his home. I'm Quite frankly, I'm amazed that no one is looking at a murder angle on this. <laughs> and at this point, there's smoke coming out of her ear. She's like, oh, 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 oh. And you can just hear the producer going, get that guy off the air! Well, we shall see. There's much more to come well, out. Well, 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 we shall see. Hold on, let's play it again. Well, we shall see. So, I'm amazed at what happened, and I know that there's breaking news about some form of 
uh, medicinal drugs that were found in his home. Uh, I'm quite frankly, I'm amazed that no one is looking at a murder angle on this. <laughs> Well, we shall see. There's much more like the long on this pause. The pregnant pause. Uh, crap, what do I do now? We, uh, yeah. Adam Curry, it's great to talk to you. Great Thanks to so talk much. to you. My pleasure, Chris. I'll never be on the air ever again. <laughs> ever. Not with them. No, and, and I wait, on, and, I, maybe and I waited be on the Nor overnight uh, USA show, whatever that thing is. And I waited for the producer to come back on. You know, thank you very much. Like nothing. Like I waited five minutes. Like okay, might as well hang up. They're not going to thank me. They're so angry. <laughs> You're like, don't pick it up because I don't want you cussing him out. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you son of a bitch. We're not supposed to be talking about. And and of course, I'll put the entire interview uh, up uh, in the show notes at noagenda.media.com and uh, noagenda. Squarespace.com, which is yeah, uh, we our have new a, website. It's very cool. Our new uh, website's going up, noagenda.squarespace.com. If people want to uh, donate, they can, there's also the click buttons there. Hey, those buttons are cool, uh, John. I was looking at them, and I like the uh, the No Agenda Night Layaway program. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Looks cool. Yeah, it's a big button you can click on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole idea is kind of cool. but But more importantly... Not a single email, not a single Twitter, not anything about this interview. No one's watching. No one. No. I can't believe no. they actually, who's buying commercials on, on that station? No one's watching. And we have, right, we have over six figures easy into the uh, number of listeners we have. And I, you know, I don't think, I think it's, a, it's like a different, it's a different milieu. I don't <laughs> know, the milieu of people that listen to MSNBC or any of those news stations during the day i don't i can't even i don't even have a clue who those people are I, i'd like to see somebody send me a demographic uh description of who this person is well, it's clearly no watches. one though it's just no one it's no i don't one. think i think the numbers are extremely low well you know when we were at tech tv we had uh you know our most popular show was uh screensavers i believe yeah it was leo's and then, show right leo and yeah and patrick norton right. they um hey, norton. that's norton so no, they I, had that. I, I, sorry, I saw I saw Eddie Murphy's Raw over the weekend. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, his, his classic Raw. Hey Norton, why'd you come over here? Anyway, yes, screensavers. How many people 40, watch 000, that? Forty thousand. Forty thousand tops. Mm-hmm. So Leo's got like f- ten times the audience. <laughs> Leo's got at least a half a million. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's got ten times the audience on the podcast. Hey, how'd that go yeah. yesterday? By the way, of course I was flying, so I couldn't come up to the cottage. I would have loved to have been on the show and have some wine with you. Yeah, we had some Macedonian wine. How was the show, though? Uh, the show was—I uh, thought it was okay. It was—it oh, was—it was functional. It was—it uh, was a journeyman's job. I didn't, uh, you know, bring in. Any, I had Natalie on. She was on the video thing. Joe she looked Conti? really bright. Yeah. Oh, how's she doing? She's doing good. She's doing good. She's still in New York. Yeah, she's got some gig at the, one of the, the CBS morning yeah, shows. She does the, like she's that. at the morning show, dude. That was part of the whole deal. That's why she left. She, right on. Power to her. I've never uh, seen it, her on that thing, but oh, she I looked have. terrific on this video thing. She was on a little cam, you know, a webcam and with a headset on, and she looked better than, you know, the average person normally. I mean, it's astonishing. I'll just she, have you know that we took her from a writing journalist only, put her on video, and now she's on the CBS Morning Show. This is what can happen when you hook up with Mevio. <laughs> this can happen to anybody. It can happen to you. <laughs> That's right. If it can happen to Natalie, it can happen to anybody. So uh, anyway, so she's yeah, she's fine. Yeah, it was a good show. It was all right. Um, 
you know, it wasn't a threat to Leo, that's for sure. Yeah. So, hey, um, I remember what we uh, on on our aborted program. You had this great rap about Sarah Palin. Now, of course, because I already got part of the setup, I'm, I, I've looked into it a little bit more. Um, but but I think you should you should you should really launch into that because yeah, this let's is highly go and interesting. Let's take a look. I was kind of here's what happened. Uh, uh, there is a uh, Sarah Palin Gate uh, website run oh. by this woman uh, named um, Regina, who apparently hates Sarah. Is it SarahPalinGate.com? Yeah, something like that. Sarah Gate. I think it's SarahPalinGate.blogspot.com. If you Google Sarah Palin Gate, you'll get it. Okay. Um, I think it's Blogspot.com. Right. Anyway, and there's another website called ConservativesForPalin.com, which is run by this woman out of Los Angeles, who is a Palin uh, kind of a maven, and she's a, a pit bull, and and she uh, was attacking something that. Uh, Palin is having a beef with a fellow Republican in Alaska over the fact that some monies aren't being distributed that were supposed to be distributed to some poor people someplace in the state. And then so he slammed Palin and Palin slammed him. And then the pit bull at Palin, conservatives for Palin dot com. She blasted the crap out of this guy and discovered that he owned stock in BP, and she did an investigative thing, and she wrote a whole bunch of stuff up. So I'm looking into all this because I'm finding the whole thing kind of fascinating because this is the day that she quits. You know, she says, I have only been here for two and a half years, and I'm not going to finish off my year and a half because I think it's unfair to the people because she's getting sued left and right on these trivial lawsuits, which is they, she claims has cost her $500,000, which – which is about right. You get a trivial lawsuit typically will cost an average person uh, forty thousand dollars. Easy, easy. That's the that's the that is the baseline number people use. So if she's had twelve of them. That's about a half a million. But does she have to? Pay, is she being sued personally or in well, that's her capacity what I don't as the get. governor? You know, she's How does the governor. Work? Why isn't the state? You know, what? I don't get that part. But that but that's fine. I kept digging and digging. So then I ran into a thing that the uh, woman posted, and it's on my blog, by the way. Uh, just look up Palin or or uh, Alaska. Uh, independence party there was a, a, a bitch back and forth be, and by the way andrew sullivan had a real sn, sn, uh, mean spirited uh, slam at sarah which it was actually very interesting uh-oh john john oh, oh but, but wait hold on i lost you there john you're back okay so anyway andrew sullivan had a thing you should everyone should look it up uh, in the Atlantic, I think, in his blog about Palin calling her a whack job. Okay, but so I keep now, looking. But, but I, so, I, what's the problem? I don't understand. Well, let me keep the, the problem. This is the problem. I think you kind of explain the whole background. So, I so one of the things that cropped up in the during the um, presidential campaign was that her husband was a member of the Alaskan Independence Party, which is a party that wants to succeed seriously, wants to succeed. Okay, succeed from the means, union means break off Leave from the United, the United States, States and become their own country. Become their own country, right? And she says, "Well, it was just a mistake. He checked the wrong box on a ballot, and she made some phony baloney excuse." And it turns out that now, and it's posted on my blog, this last. The last convention of the Alaskan Independence Party, this guy comes, uh, he starts giving his talk about how, you know, we were screwed. We shouldn't have become a state because they brought in the U.S. government. A bunch of the military guys came in and voted for statehood, and they wouldn't let the Native Americans vote for statehood. And it was just a scam, and then they ended up with the state as a, you know, because the United States wanted the golden okay, oil. Okay, let, let, let me play that back. So you mean the Eskimos? Yeah, they, well, they, and they have, there's other Indian tribes up there. So they, they weren't allowed to vote? No. Okay. 
and but the U.S. forty or eighty thousand U.S. military were, and it goes on and on. Ah, then he starts okay, discussing. Then he starts discussing how Sarah was a member of the party, and that it was a good thing that she chose. She changed her affiliation to Republican so she could run for governor, and and she, he was advising that everybody else do the same thing because it's a great way to get in there, and we can make the changes we need to make. So I'm thinking maybe Palin quit. So she could rejoin the party, which we, nobody knew about, by the way. Uh, okay, but, okay, I get it, yeah. But listen, to, but the fact of the matter is there's no way that she could have been a member for so long, and intelligence agencies didn't know this, and the Republican Party had to know it when they made her the vice president. So why would they do this? And the Democrats had to know this, but they never brought it up. What was the deal with that? Because they all want Alaska to break off, I guess. That's my theory. The way it goes, except the, the Democrats have an issue with this because they can't, Obama can't be the one president in the United States that has lost a state. <laughs> I mean, this. <laughs> oh, this shoot, be, what happened? Dang, I lost where's Alaska. My state? <laughs> where's my state gone? <laughs> but the, so, so I'm thinking that Biden talked about the crisis that's going to happen, the crisis, the right. crisis, and Obama's going to do something unpopular. Unpopular as in arrest Sarah Palin for sedition. Wow. Now, that would cause a few uh, kind of – that would cause a stir. But the, but the idea is that if, the, if you take a look at the economic hitman theory of the, of the universe, the idea is we've got – they got Alaska in, and then all these crackpot environmentalists won't let them drill in Alaska. And that's all Palin bitched and moaned about during the entire campaign was, why can't we drill in Alaska? Why can't we drill in Alaska? Drill, baby, drill. And so they split the state off and make it its own country somehow through some international legal action. Well, they can drill this place dry now. Well, hold on. Here, here's the quote. I don't have the audio. Mark my words, Biden told donors at a Seattle fundraiser Sunday night. It will not be six months before the world tests Barack Obama like they did John Kennedy. The world is looking. We're about to elect a brilliant 47-year-old senator, president of the United States of America. Watch. We're going to have an international crisis, a generated crisis, to test the mettle of this guy. And he's going to need help to stand with him because it's not going to be... Apparent initially, it's not going to be apparent that we're right. Hmm, I don't know if that, uh... I'm just saying. It doesn't really sound like it, John. Well, it doesn't sound like anything. But whatever the case is, this would be an international incident. So okay, so what you're saying? And by is, the way, she just did it. She just did the anniversary of the of the statehood, which I I don't know. I think I have a link to it in one of my blog posts. And she's going on and on. And the people that were at this event, by the way, it's like the you know the fiftieth anniversary or something like that, or sixtieth. I guess it was fiftieth. They uh, yeah, fifty nine. I think is when they became a state. So uh, they had who was there? The Russian ambassador. There's a bunch of international people. There wasn't there wasn't one celebrity, one American politician that attended this thing. Hmm. It was really weird. Wow. So okay. So uh, her resigning does that then uh, keep her clear to become Empress of Alaska? Empress. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I mean, she. I don't know. She didn't have to really resign, but I think if she's going to pull a stunt like this, I think she, you know, figures she might be able to. Uh, it would probably be better if, you know, if she wasn't a senator because there's probably some legal, you know, I don't think she, you could, you could, I mean, that, I think that she'd be maybe, uh, could be accused of treason or other forms of sedition. Who knows? All I know is that it seems to me that, uh, 
she didn't. I mean, people are speculating on why she resigned, saying, well, maybe she's under indictment. Maybe there's this, maybe there's that. And I'm thinking that a lot of this doesn't make sense. If you're under indictment, I mean, ask what's his name in Italy? Berlusconi. Oh. You're under indictment. You want to stay in office so you can use the power of your office. Yeah, to and make, new, make new laws so that, uh, so that, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He put the, uh, the term, the, the statute. The uh, statute of limitations. limitations. Yeah, he changed them. He said, oh, anything before 2005, uh, it's okay. <laughs> Which was that all his shit was done in 2003. So anyway, this is just, a th- this is my thinking. But when you hear this guy, this, this bearded character who was one of the hot shots in the Alaskan Independence Party, mm. and they were about one thing and one thing only, which is getting their freedom. From the United States, it's a separate separationist group, very similar to Quebecers when they're more serious. And uh, it seems to me that you know that Sarah's not one of the; she's one of the many of the of these people that have you know become Republicans or Democrats or whatever, just to kind of pretend to be something else. Now, is she originally I, from Alaska? Was she born and raised there? No, I think she was raised in Idaho and moved to Alaska. So early. then, what, what's her patriotic thing about Alaska? Why is she? You know, is this Todd who's who's forcing this well, on her? Yeah, well, Todd is an, is is an, is an Inuit, so he's like half ah, uh, es- okay. Eskimo of he's some Eskimo. sort. Eskimo, got it. So, got it. Uh, okay. so yeah, there's probably some connection there. Huh. But whatever the case, I mean, she has enough popularity in the state, and they, they when the guy talked about, it, he says like Ted Stevens and all that, they're all in on this. So that's what they were building think, the bridge to nowhere just to steal some money from the U.S. government. <laughs> but it wouldn't actually be a bad thing. I'm not against it. If Alaska wants to be their own country, that's cool with me. You know, that's fine. Uh, Texas may do the same thing. I think Texas has it would have a harder go of it. Alaska's only fifty years old, and I think they have some, and they and they can they can still even when that they that was part of the changeovers. Many of them are still there, and they can point to the fraud. Huh? Yeah, you mean the the election fraud of becoming a state? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and how would that how would that affect anything really? Who cares? Yeah, Obama would lose his state, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Uh, where's my where's where'd my, my state, state go? <laughs> my state. Uh, that still doesn't matter. The American public doesn't care. You're too stupid. Hey, as long as Britney Spears is going to do her show. Well, uh, obviously they're more interested in Michael Jackson and his, you know being dead than anything. Uh, so yeah, now that right. somebody was talking about how they wanted to, uh, you know plasticine him with his with this monkey. Well, Bubbles isn't dead. <laughs> well, he will be <laughs> if they plasticine him. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's this uh, foreign oil quote? Oh yeah, this is a good one. Uh, why don't you play this clip? This is an advertisement for Audi. Okay, I play it now. Specifically, it's an advertisement for Audi diesel. Okay, here we go. One point five million barrels of foreign oil every day. If only one third of us drove clean diesel, we could send it all back. Diesel, it's no longer a dirty word. Uh, okay. Okay, well, let me get this straight. 1.5 million of uh, barrels. By the way, we import in the United States 13.5, but they're talking about 1.5 for some reason, which I guess is what makes diesel. What do they think diesel's made out of? Uh, out of is oil? made out of dog pee? <laughs> Diesel requires oil. 
to be manufactured. It's just another, it's a distillate. It's one of the things that comes off the still. Now, the, th- the fact of the matter is, according to, this number is a little sketchy, but most people believe that, that diesel requires 20% more crude oil to manufacture. So where are we sending these 1.5 billion or million barrels back to? Who are we back sending to them back to and why? Back to Canada. Where it comes from. We have to bring it back again to make the damn diesel. What are, who are these people kidding? Do they think we're stupid? Uh, let me think. Yeah. Of course. I'd like to find out who did that ad and what, the, what they were thinking. That ad was an insult to everybody's intelligence. You think that ad's an insult? You want to hear a really insulting ad? Go. Joe brought it home from the office. He gave it to Betty and one of his kids and to Betty's mother. But Betty's mother went back to California the next day before she knew she had it. On her way to the airport, Betty's mother gave it to the cab driver, to the ticket agent, and to one of the charming stewardesses. Joe's kid gave it to some other kids in second and fourth grades. And Mrs. Merrill, the third grade teacher, she got it and gave it to her husband. And in California, Betty's mother gave it to her best friend, Dottie. But Dottie had a heart condition, and she died. But before she died, Dottie gave it to her friend, and the mailman, and the paper. If a swine flu epidemic comes, this is how it could spread. You'll want to be protected, especially if you're elderly or chronically ill. Get a shot of protection. A swine flu shot. Recommended by the U.S. Public Health Service. <laughs> I thought they were giving. I thought she was giving people gonorrhea the way it was I like going. It, but she died. She died. <laughs> she but before died. she died, well, before she died, she gave it to someone else. This is this is a PSA, dude. These are for real. We I got thirties. I got thirties. I got sixties. I got everything you want. You how much uh, swine flu? Get the swine flu shot. Get a shot of protection. That's going to be the new slogan. A shot of protection. I like it. <laughs> yeah, he would. And how does it go from June nineteenth, according to the stats? June nineteenth, we had twenty one thousand four hundred forty nine <laughs> cases of swine flu in the United States, with eighty seven dead. All, of course, having previous, you know, borderline dead before they got it. <laughs> they were on the ropes. <laughs> they were on the ropes. Well, the, the guardian would have died. Go ahead. And then, by the way, your stream just died, according to somebody. Really? Oh, it looks yeah. Like, looks like I'm still streaming here. I'll okay, we'll just let I'll, it go for a while. I'll start it again. Happy, happy to start. Oh, hmm, interesting. What did it do? I don't know. All right, keep going. I'll fix it. Okay, so anyway, we had 21,000 with 87 dead on June 19th. By July 4th, which is like two weeks later, we had twice as many dead. We had 34,000 cases with 170 dead. How did so many people die within two weeks so quickly? These numbers are bull. Hold on, let me. Uh, I'm I'm seeing what's going on here, John. Why the hell is this? Uh, ah, I hate this. All right, the stream died. That's all right. Everything else is still working. I'll, I'll set that up. You know, uh, in the Guardian, I read this morning upon arrival in the United Kingdom uh, that uh, they. Ex- well, now you died. Palingate.org. Okay. Yeah, all right, we're back. I tell you a million times, just because you can't hear me doesn't mean I can't hear you or that the system's down. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, you were saying, I, I, but I wasn't hearing, hearing anything. So you were saying No, what? of course you weren't hearing anything because when I'm rerouting stuff, then you can't hear me. 
But don't doesn't mean hang up. Anyway, uh, what I was saying is that the Guardian in the UK uh, is predicting fifty thousand cases a day come August in the UK alone. Fifty thousand new cases a day. Yeah, with fifty million dead. I saw that one too. Oh really? No, I didn't. I didn't see that. So it'd be fifty million dead, forty dying a day in in the Great Britain. This is you know. There's a whole bunch of. We really hit the jackpot with uh, with the swine flu uh, topic uh, last week. People really, really uh, clung on to this and have really been starting to take notice. Um, here it is um, in Ireland. This is from the Independent. In Ireland, everyone in the country is shortly to be offered a free swine flu vaccination as health authorities brace themselves for a worst-case scenario of up to 100,000 new cases a week in Ireland. After a month, the country will all be dead, I guess, with 100,000 a week. The vaccines, which will cost the exchequer 88 million euros, will be administered either through GPs or a network of 121 swine flu clinics. See, they already know how many there are going to be. They'll be set up nationwide as soon as sufficient amounts of the vaccine are available in late summer or early autumn, the health services executive, that's HSE, confirmed last night. Um, They will manufacture 7.7 million doses of the vaccine for Ireland. This is happening everywhere, and it's the same exact thing. Everywhere, every country in the world, and of course this is totally what, what the Lisbon Treaty is all about. Because the Lisbon Treaty which has yet to be ratified, but we're getting very close to it just being ramrodded through, uh, really allows for this. It provides for um, for this type of action. As we know, uh, there are state senators and lawyers in the United States who believe it is completely constitutional um, uh, to force vaccinations upon the fine citizens of the United States because you're, uh, well, you're a threat, of course. You're a walking weapon. Someone suggested that the uh, the to me that the swine flu vaccine, the experimental swine flu vaccine, is actually is going to be an agent that is a binary thing to actually save your life. Oh, please! And so everyone who doesn't take the the vaccine, who are obviously troublemakers, all die. Here's the uh, here's the Guardian swine flu. Swine flu is spreading so rapidly across Britain that there could be 100,000 new cases a day by the end of next month, the health secretary Andy Burnham said today. 100,000 a month, a, a day, by next <laughs> month. 100,000 a, a day. Let's just do the math on this. 100,000 a day, that's, that's 3 million in a month? How many are there now? Let's see, uh, in the United States, I just mentioned there was, there was 34,000. And by the way, most of these are mild, by the way, except for the few people that have, you know, there were lingering. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a whole thing. I, I mean, it's obviously just a money-making idea. Well, yeah, you can see it as just a money-making idea, or you can see it as, uh, well, now, of course, everyone's looking at this as, uh, you know, comparing it to the book of Revelation where, you know, you're marked with the mark of the beast. And if you don't play nice, then uh, you'll live. Right, so you you won't die if you don't take the fly, the swine flu shot. But of course, uh, you will have no money. Uh, you'll have no place to live. You will not be able to get food. 
So there's a prison. I just got a note from someone saying there, there's like a prison uprising over swine flu in uh, uh, outside of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. There's. I'm trying to decide what this vague discussion here in the news article. Nobody knows why this thing was started. There's 12 people with 12 inmates came down with flu symptoms. One of those may have had the swine flu. The others, they don't know. And so what's the uprising? They're, they're all worried. They want to get out. Let us out. We don't want to get swine flu. Yeah, I think that must be it. Meanwhile, front page uh, in Gitmo Nation East. Well, I mean, the- if you scare the public to death with this kind of propaganda, what do you expect? I mean, I, I just the numbers just don't add up. First of all, the, the numbers, numbers don't add up, and the people that are having a problem with the swine flu, including in that PSA, they mentioned it. It was the one woman who died who was about to die anyway. I mean, you know, if somebody, I mean, you could have like a million people with a heart condition, and then you know, a million of them could get the swine flu, and then one of them could die, and you'd say, well, you know, it's just it's a swine flu, it's killing them, everybody. I mean, the whole thing, these numbers are no good. They don't have enough dead people to make this work. (laughs) Let's listen to another one. Hold on a second. There's got to be more. I want to hear the the shorter versions of these PSAs. Hey, I'm the healthiest 55-year-old you've ever seen. If a swine flu epidemic comes, your good health (laughs) won't protect you. Get a shot of protection, the swine flu shot, recommended by the U.S. Public Health Service. Why do we need this? I mean, we don't have to. The regular flu kills a half a million people. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's listen to another one. The swine flu shot? I don't know. I've been thinking about it. If a swine flu epidemic comes, (laughs) thinking about it won't protect you. Get a shot of protection. The swine flu shot. That's the meme, dude. Get a shot of 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 protection. Get a shot of protection. Get a shot of protection. Listen to No Agenda. I don't need another flu shot. I had a flu shot last year. If a swine flu epidemic comes, last year's shot won't protect you. Get a shot of protection, the swine flu shot, recommended by the U.S. Public Health Service. So this thing is not even available yet, this swine flu shot. And already... No, because they, they're not only that, but they have to fast track it because they really can't prove it's a good shot. I mean, in 1976, we had an outbreak of a form of swine flu, and the shot... Nobody died from the swine flu. It was really super mild, and but the shot killed between twenty-five and three hundred people. Is that and all? Five hundred people at least. Is that all? Got, uh, well, we yeah, really, we really need to work on this. This got to kill a lot more people. This shot is no could. good. It might. <laughs> it might. But, but the worst part was five hundred people got Guillaume Barre disease that or syndrome that crazy thing that paralyzes you. Yeah, a friend of mine got that. And is he still paralyzed? No, no, he got over it, but it was like it took it was it was horrible because the worst hey, part get over it. it. <laughs> I like he got it. over it. The worst part was What's your his problem? Get over it. His one eyeball was frozen and like just, you know. <laughs> we'll have all these people walking around with, with frozen eyeballs. In another uh, place. We we, just, we, I we just laugh. got this from I got this in Australia. We got 23 another uh, uh, prison outbreak uh is causing rioting there in Queensland uh because again the prisoners are, you know, they're Freaked, I, you know. I I mentioned this to uh, to Maggie at the office. Now Maggie, you have to understand, is uh, I think she's a former Black Panther. Uh, she's uh, well, she's she's sixty now. She's got to be sixty. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Sixty, very strong-willed African American woman, fantastic executive assistant. Makes me laugh. She really cracks me up. And I told her about these forced vaccinations, and her head like snapped around, like what? So yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to take the swine flu shot. She's like, "Oh no, you didn't." I said, "Yes, absolutely." And then I told her the whole binary thing about um, 
you know, that is probably engineered so that people who eat genetically modified uh, potatoes, i.e. French fries, most likely from McDonald's, that they're, that they're going to die first. And then she's like, oh, damn, they're targeting poor black people again. <laughs> like, yes, Maggie. Now you get it. She's like, I should listen. I should listen to that No Agenda show. Say, like, yes, you should. Yes, she should. Here's another one. Swine flu quarantine at San Quentin prison. My God. So so here's what they do. They're going to let the, the prisoners out, right? I don't know what the deal is with all these prisons, but this is, seems to be something going on here. Story after story cropping up. Cambridge prison riot sparked by swine flu. It's another in the Boston-ist. Um, let's see. There's maybe one more I keep getting. They just keep, they're these. just flowing in, aren't they? Meanwhile, front page of the... Uh, of the Guardian this morning, I'm sorry, the Times, uh, I read this uh, in the car on the way to the hotel, um, the Conservative Party, who, of course, if there was an election here, uh, Labor would be thrown out in a heartbeat, and uh, the Tories, as they're known, uh, would be in power. Um, they're pretty much set to transfer the uh, National Health Service patient records to Google and Microsoft. Yay! <laughs> Yay! And, of course, there's a huge conflict of interest because um, I'm looking for it here. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the guys who's high up in the, in, the conservator, in the conservative party is married to Google's PR woman. So there's all kinds of hoopla going on about that. Do you know how much well, they, that's a conflict of interest? Yeah. Do you know how much that, that, they, that they have set aside? To create, because of course they've been, you know, it was like two or three billion pounds to create this centralized database and it's, it's not working and, and, you know, no one's using it and it's all, it's a big cluster fuck, basically. But now, Mr. Cameron, he's the leader of the Conservative Party, has repeatedly promised to abolish large IT da databases. The National Audit Office has said that Connecting for Health, that's the Electronic Patient Records Program, will not be completed in 2014. Expected to cost. How much do you think it's going to cost to set up basically a database with everyone's insurance numbers? Well, what it's, well if you see, it costs of setting up a database, which most of the, the tools are out there, and uh, there's good quality people that could do it. It probably cost, in real, in real terms, it should cost about uh, $250,000. Okay. How about 12.4 billion pounds? <laughs> That's like $20 billion. John, we're in the wrong racket, dude. We've got to we no got to build we got to start building databases. Twenty billion dollars to build a stupid database that contains contains insurance codes, <laughs> and then they're going to outsource it to Google. And of course, Google's uh, Eric Schmidt uh, is now a member of the conservative business uh, coalition. He's over here all the time, and uh, and Cameron is uh, as you know speaks at Google events. It's so transparent. It's funny. So, but when somebody said our stream died again, saying it's no coincidence. Now, by the <laughs> no, way, no, it is not. The, I'm sure it's not. There, there's so I so Eric sent me a uh, link to uh, the Google a Google search on you searching out for prison swine flu, and you run into 435 articles, uh, many of them with the headline "Prison Swine Flu Spreads." Wow. So. Something's up with this prison and swine flu thing. So, Here's another so one. it's clear. Here, swine flu at a South Miami Dade women's prison has infected 13 inmates and hospitalized one. It's going on. Yeah, and but they, so like, what? So it's a flu. I had it. Yeah, it's. I don't know. 
It's not a big uh, deal. They're not even saying you're vo- you vomit during the uh, when you have the swine flu. I know now it's, it's a just mild like flu. A little bit of diarrhea, it, runny nose, cough. Yeah, okay. So it's a flu. Yeah, these prisoners have been. Yeah, but these people are like incarcerated. They think here's what it might be. You know, you're in prison. People trying to get the swine flu. One of the guys dies mysteriously. They're trying to get rid of us. This is the easiest way to lower the prison population. We got to get out of here. Telling you, I don't understand what there's something wrong with Primcast. That's the provider we have. Oh, you mean in the stream? Yeah, because it it shows that I'm that I'm that I'm pooping out a stream here. It's connected, so I don't. Well, maybe what's it's just wrong. the guy. Maybe it's the one guy. Just maybe, leave it alone. I'm not going to touch anything. We it's we're recording. That's the good news. I think. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're recording. <laughs> Mr. Curry, Mr. Curry. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Um, a lot of news about the uh, about the scare bus, the plastic airplanes that keep falling out of the sky. Yeah, and uh, a lot of people really sending me good detailed information on electronic. Uh, what is it? Uh, EMPs, electronic uh, ele- electromagnetic pulse weapons. Oh, by the way, before you get into that, I want to remind everybody we did have July the fifth. Where was the North Korean attack on the Hawaiian Islands? Yeah, they shot off uh, a couple of missiles, didn't they? It was so funny to watch Michael Jackson full screen and underneath the crawl, uh, Korea launches missiles. <laughs> Wait a minute, we've got the news all screwed up here. It's a little backwards. Uh, yeah. But where was the attack on Hawaii? Yeah, we, I want to know. Yeah, we put up a big giant... Uh, what did we put up? We put up a big uh, thing, didn't we? In Hawaii, to thwart it. Oh, giant radar! Giant radar. That's right. When will people yeah, realize well, that this is all just scare tactics? It's it's nothing more. Well, I think well, people listen listeners to our show. Of course, you know it's not that we're not scaring them. So for flight four four seven, there was absolutely no lightning in the area, according yeah. to a detailed meteor- meteorological analysis. Which uh, you'll find the links in the show notes at noagenda.media.com and noagenda.squarespace.com. Um, yet there were these Mexican pilots who saw a flash in the sky. Uh, both four four well four four seven uh, crashed into the ocean intact. That much they know for sure. Although still no black boxes to be found. Which, was, which kind of surprises me since they heard the black box, I, from my understanding, like weeks ago. So now they're not going to find it because it's going to be dead now, well, they, they, unless they have found it. Did uh, did I mention that, uh, I don't think I did, I think I mentioned it on our uh, aborted episode, that uh, this is a Dutch article, that uh, pension fund ABP owned... Sorry. Pension fund ABP owns several uh, rights to Michael Jackson's music and they yeah. are uh, and they are very happy. <laughs> They're very happy that it's selling so well. No plans to buy any Beatles rights. They say. But gee, it's really cool. I just say follow the money. Yeah, well, Sony's going to end up with those Beatles songs. And one other thing, John, what is the um U6 data, are you familiar with this when it comes to unemployment in the U.S.? 
Uh, no, it's some. It's one of the. It's one of the numbers they develop. I don't know what it means. I, and Horowitz would know. Okay, well, we should we should talk to him about it because there's a Wall Street Journal um, article here that says his job. Because you know we got new jobless uh, in this number. There's all kinds of lying and bullshit going on, and I never believe these numbers when they say okay, uh, unemployment is. Well, un- they keep changing them. You know, that's the funniest thing. They keep changing the way they they calculate them. No, so, they they'll give you a number like we're up da 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 da, and then when the next number comes out, they readjust the old number up, and so the new number looks better. You so know, it's we, just the whole thing. It's a so, scam, right? So it was nine nine and a half percent, which was apparently the highest level since August of nineteen eighty three. But another more comprehensive gauge of unemployment also continued to tick up. This is the U six number. Um, which is the comprehensive me- measure of labor underutilization accounts for people who have stopped looking for work or who can't right. find full-time jobs. Yeah, like unemployed, I guess is what Yeah, that well, they, is. that's a different unemployed number. That thing, I think, is 16.6 16, 16, or something Yeah, like 16 and a half. So is the real number 16 and a half? Is, is that really yeah. the number? Yeah, no, that's the real unemployment But then number, do you yeah. add the 9.5 to that and we come up with... No, no, like, that's the total number with the 9.5 in it. So it's okay. So sixteen point five is the real unemployment. Yeah. Jesus, isn't that uh, bordering on the Great Depression numbers? Was the Great 20- Depression? I think hit as high. As, it was generally seen as twenty five percent, and I think it maybe poked thirty three at one point. So I think this is a perfect time to bring up the fact that we are a uh, listener supported show, and seeing as we too soon will be out of a job, uh, we really need your help. And we're getting a lot of help, too, and I want to mention some names today, including a new knight. And I find it interesting that our new knight, Troy Walters, is uh, in Australia. So what did Troy do to become a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable? He he clicked on the knight button and he gave us $1,000. 1000 U.S. or Australian? No, it's 1000 U.S. Wow. Troy, thank you so much, man. That's so awesome. let's go over some of the, our new donors. We got Noel, Noel Mel, Melanowski, fifty dollars. Francis McClure, fifty. F- Fyodor Savaleev, and I might pronounce that wrong, but it's Fyodor Savaleev, as far as I can tell. He's in Moscow, and he gave wow. us sixty. Alexander uh, Selenyov, who is in Finland. And Alexander, and that name is going to be, it's S-E-L-E-Z-N-Y-O-V. Mm-hmm. He's in Finland, and he gave us, when I'm surprised, by the way, that anyone, that he's the first guy to give us this, $123.45. Oh, Otherwise, I like that. One, two, three, one, four, five. One, good two, one. three, four, five. Yeah, yeah. good one. We're, now we're waiting for the one, two, three, four, five, six person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Who's going to be the first? <laughs> Uh, we got John Matthews, who along with Father Frank are on the Layaway Night program. So now the Gerald, Layaway the Layaway program is twenty installments of fifty bucks. Is that how it works? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for having uh, a future night. You, you, future night and uh, Alfred Person, P E R S S O N, Henrik Jorlo, B J O. R L O and he's in Oslo, fifty five. Michael Gruden fifty. David Souter ninety six dollars and eighty cents. I don't know. What, give it again. How much? Ninety eight six dollars and eighty cents. I think it was supposed to be a hundred and some. I don't know how he did it, but somewhere along the line they they they, 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 took, they pulled, took money. <laughs> they took money. Somebody took money. Thanks, PayPal. Felix Schudel hundred dollars, and he's in Zurich. We have a lot of international people this week. Well, Robert McCop. 
at Zurich, the Zurich banker. Robert Mc, actually no, he runs a, uh, a a promotions company, I think. Robert McCoskey, fifty Australia. Gary Later, Michael LeBlanc, William Cortis, K O R T E S, and it's Willem W I L L E M. You might want to guess where he's from. He must be from Holland. Rotterdam. Ah, excellent. Rotterdam in the house. How much did Willem give us? Fifty. Mm-hmm. Jordan Thanks, Wyatt. Fifty dollars from New Zealand, and then one of my favorites is uh, Tristan Lennon, who's in Australia. But he's not just in Australia; he's in a town called Wagga Wagga. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm very familiar with Wagga Wagga. Wagga Wagga is like the, the New South Wales is now going to be one of my. I, I have these towns that I like to to refer to when I write once in a while. I always like to talk about Gnawbone, <laughs> <You>, Indiana. <laughs> And people, when they read the column, they'll, they'll look it up. They'll say, what is this nub? And they'll, they'll find there's a real city named Gnawbone. So what happens with, with these knights, John? What uh, what are we going to do for them now that then, do we have uh, how many, three we knights get now? we got three knights and yeah. two in waiting. So do we put their pictures on the website or uh, or do we just send their addresses directly to the feds? What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny thing is that these guys, the typical guy who who's a knight, they don't want you know they don't want us to 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 this this guy from Australia, uh, Walters. He doesn't want us to buy him the underwear or anything. He's just you know kind of uh, <laughs> what he doesn't. Want, you don't want you don't want <laughs> underwear. Oh my gosh! So I don't know. I mean, we do, we will do the sheepskin thing for sure, and and you know in a the fancy uh, scroll probably how, hand done. And, by how, and how about uh, our dinner? Did anyone respond to the idea of the five hundred dollar plate dinner? No. Because I still think, <laughs> good idea. It's working. Not one person. Uh, you look, I'll tell you what. If uh, if you give me $500, I'll go to dinner with you clowns. Yeah, no. We have to. We should probably bring that up as a more serious thing uh, and see if anybody's interested. We, we only need 10 people, right? 10, and we'll have yeah, a great no, we dinner. we want 10 people. And, we'll have a bottle of some, some really, really good really wine. Great wine in a great restaurant. One bottle. One bottle for all 10 of us. <laughs> what would be a giant bottle then? Um, so. I think I still think it's a, a, a fabulous idea. I think so too. But anyway, I want to thank all these people who helped us out. It was actually a good yes. week. I think because we did great. a good show last week. And I would like and, to uh, for our for our Russian friend. Of course, uh, the president is in Russia today. There's a lot of Russia in the news, and I think that we should do some Russian news. Well, we're gonna have to do Australian news from the sound of all these Aussies that are, you know. I might listening. have some Australian news, but let me do some Russian news first because this pertains to uh, Flight Four Four Eight, and there's some real data in here, so you might want to get a pen and paper handy because you might want to write. Four Four Eight or Four Four Seven? Four Four Seven. I'm sorry. Yeah, you might want to write this down. Ah, oh, please. Look, I can't do a conference call right now. Jesus. Reports circulating in the Kremlin today are saying that Russian Air Force commanders have issued warnings to all of their aircraft to exercise, quote, extreme caution during flights in and around an area defined as latitude 17 north, latitude 3 south, to latitude 8 north, latitude 19 south, and between the longitudes of 46 west, 33 west, 46 east, and 33 east, which covers the greater part of the African tectonic plates. The reason for this unprecedented warning is the rapid formations of geomagnetic storms emanating from the boundaries of the African tectonic plate, 
that due to their intensity have caused the loss of two major passenger aircraft during the past month, killing nearly 300. So the what Russian are you reading from? From, the, my, from my Russian sources, comrade. So what they're basically saying is that these uh, plastic airplanes that are falling out of the sky is because of this huge geomagnetic, geomagnetic storms that are taking place, which essentially, and it makes sense when you look at the data from 447. We don't have any data on the Yemen aircraft yet. Well, um, the, no, I, there is a, you know, you do have, when the tectonic plate shift, you do have a piezoelectric effect. Exactly. And, and exactly, the piezoelectric effect, by the way, which can take place on a smaller scale, is responsible, they believe, for certain kinds of weird anomalies in swamplands in the American South, where there's a lot of piezoelectric activity, that creates ball lightning. Exactly. With no clouds in the sky. Exactly. So you get lightning, and also any kind of geomagnetic storm can severely affect a highly computerized aircraft that is fly-by-wire. You know, remember all the all the the data that was coming out of four four seven, all this confusing information. This thing was probably zapped by a geomagnetic storm, whether it was from the Earth or man-made. Who knows? But I like this report. You know, and and it's interesting. Well, ahead. and the other thing is that all this activity, all these these crazy this craziness, is all taking place in the southern hemisphere. And typically, you have you know these things are isolated. Now we haven't had any craziness like this in the northern hemisphere yet. So of course, it's interesting. This is, this is, well, and and you know, NASA has even reported that uh, that there's a very strong shifts in the in the pole activity, which of course are all magnetic. So there's really something going on. You know, this is the 2012 phenomenon, and I I, I truly think there is something happening here. Wait a minute. You, what do you mean the 2012? You're not going to go in that direction, are you? <laughs> well, do you want to be killed? <laughs> the the end is nigh. Read the book of Revelation. Here's the one. Russian to, Russia Today has a top story, <laughs> which is kind of like related, but it, but it's it's got more of the uh, the Russian Today people obviously are trying to get into the Western, you know, trying to get push their news into the Western media by having compelling headlines. Let me read it to you. Did global warming help bring down Air France Flight Four Four Seven? There you go. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who really want to read a little bit about uh, how corrupt our government is and how involved uh, Goldman Sachs is in the corruption, uh, Matt Taibbi wrote a fantastic piece uh, in Rolling Stone magazine. I don't know if it's in the magazine, but it's certainly on the website. It's called The Great American Bubble Machine. Yeah, uh, no, it's in the magazine. Okay, subhead Matt Taibbi on how Goldman Sachs has engineered every major market manipulation since the Great Depression. We've talked about this almost ad nauseum when it comes to um, uh, leaders of the Treasury or the Federal Reserve. They're all ex-Goldman Sachs guys. And, he's, he, and this is a real journalist. We need to protect this guy. In fact, we should take some of our money and just hire bodyguards for this dude because he's doing good work. <laughs> I think he's fine. Once you do the story, what difference does it make? You know, it's over. The guy, the, you know, here's a, here's a funny story my wife dug up. Apparently, Nome, the town of Nome, spelled G-N-O-M, no, I'm sorry, it's just N-O-M-E, Alaska, has invited Madoff's wife to move there, and they'll pick up the tab. Oh, of course, because then Madoff, who, of course, will have a heart attack. Oh, yeah. 
Because, you know, the guy's not going to sit in jail for 150 years. No, no. He had to have an exit strategy. That's been my theory from the beginning. There's no yeah, way no that way. he hasn't got a million schemes to get out of this deal. Yeah, that he can go live in, a, in Alaska and then uh, he can be under the auspices of... Uh, the new country. Em- Empress, uh, Empress Palin. <laughs> Empress Palin can run things. Jeez. All right. You got anything else, bud? Just the uh, there's a couple more things that we can bring up on the next show. I mean, we have a lot of material backing up. Uh, I was mentioning Adnabone, Indiana, the other town, by the way, I like to refer to. And, and I was told this some years ago that when you're in B.C., Canada, if you it, it, during a speech, just bring up the town name Spuzzum. <laughs> Spuzzum? Spuzzum. And you'll get a big laugh. This guy says, you're going to get a big laugh. Just say it. So I said it got a huge laugh, and so every time I go to BC now, I bring it up into the conversation. Spuzzum, which is a, l- a real town somewhere down near the Washington border, somewhere I think. Anyway, Spuzzum. That's a, just a tip for you public speakers out there speaking in Canada. Only works in BC though for some reason. A. A. Okay. He says. Guy says. I think it's his stream that's dying because I don't get any sense. No, I. I um. There may be one. There may be one or two hiccups here and there. So, how much have we done today? It's our time. We're about sixty minutes right now. Oh, okay. Well, we were gonna. You want to go a minute longer? No. Uh, let me see. Gotta, if I, let me see if I have anything else. I might have one more thing. I have a bunch of stuff, but it's not uh, anything worthwhile. I haven't digested a lot of this material. Let me see what uh, what my Russian uh, sources say. There's always something good from them. I, I'm I'm really liking the geo uh, Russia warns. I like that too. I like that a lot. The magnetic and storms it's, and yeah. it's possible. I mean, there's a possibility, but that these because uh, I'm a very familiar with that effect, and it's it's not it's nasty. But you know, I, a big Earth movement send a, a electromagnetic pulse into the sky and knock something out of the air. It wouldn't surprise me. But the only problem is there must have been some other aircraft in the area, unless it's just a, I don't know how you can target it. That's kind of the thing that. Well, here's good. Here's some good stuff. Okay, again from Russia because you know there's a lot coming out of Russia. I'm reading off the cuff here. A dire report marked as item three on the agenda to be discussed between visiting President Obama and President Medvedev in the Kremlin warns that our world will reach the point where our planet is no longer able to provide the food needed for its human inhabitants who must maintain at least 2,500 calories needed to keep our bodies functioning properly, and that should happen by September of this year. Even worse for our world, Michel Leroux, head of the U.S. Climate Prediction Center, is reporting today that a nascent El Nino weather cycle threatens to wreak more economic havoc and disrupt raw material production across a wide swath of the world, evoking memories of the killer edition of 1998. Are we due for another El Nino? Uh, this is a cycle. I don't know what the latest is. I think it's 11 it? years, isn't it? Yeah, something like It's like the sunspot cycle a little bit. And this is why they're going to kill you with the swine. Get your shot. This is why they're going to kill you with the swine flu shot. We have to kill people. In order for some to survive, you know, this is not, you know, this is not me making this shit up. You can Google it. Kill people, five billion. That's how many have to go away in order for the rest to to, to survive. We we can keep like a billion. How many billion people? Six and a half billion on the planet right now. I, I, I lost count around two billion. <laughs> yeah. 
apparently they're starving to death in, in Korea. Okay, so what I, we're going to talk about in the next show, uh, I want to, by the way, thank everybody. Go to noagenda or dvorak.org slash na and, and help us out here. And uh, also uh, noagenda.squarespace.com to check out the, uh, the new website. Tell us what you think. Uh, next week, we're, we, I want to bring the story back uh, into the fold about the problems we're still having with bees. Oh, geez. Yeah. And the okay. bee story needs to be brought back. And I'll tell you, the fruit this year in California sucks. It's not very tasty, and it's mushy, and there's all kinds of problems with it. And my tree, uh, you know, my plum tree only had like one-tenth its normal production, which really annoys me. You should try so, some of the GMO crap they put in my room here in the hotel. I can just imagine. All right. So, so more Monsanto and bees next week. Yes. Or next Thursday. Thursday, exactly. It's Thursday. And coming to you from an undisclosed hotel location in London, the United Kingdom, at a temporary crackpot command center in Gitmo Nation East, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, the place that doesn't exist yet, I'm here. I'm John C. Dvorak. AT&T, Comcast, and Virgin Atlantic all suck. We'll talk to you Thursday right here on No Agenda.